Listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. We are a Geelong based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then talk shit about them. You are listening to episode 10 of season 2. I am Brett, he is Jace, and we are here. Thank you. Good night. No, wait. No. Uh, we're still doing things. <laughs> we're going to talk. We, it'd be a very, very poor port podcast if we if it was like 10 minutes long mate and we could pump out so many episodes i know tell me about it uh but here we are lockdown again fucking number what six yep lockdown lockdown man i want to be a lockdown man you you don't no i don't you're right okay (laughs) that's a lie you know it um so what we've gone past tokyo drift we've done two lock two down (laughs) Uh, I don't know enough of the Fast Five. Um, no, that's not even what they're called, isn't it? I've no, seen I've... the first Fast and Furious. I'm sorry. That's it. That, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know the names. I just, like This could be Lockdown in Space or something. I don't know. Isn't yeah, that where they're going in anyone? Probably. I don't fucking know. It's stupid-ass movies. But anyway. <laughs> you. Um, yeah. Look, here we are again where restricted in that it's going to be difficult to get some proper games in for the next week, but uh, we do have some stuff to talk about today, which is why I suppose we're recording. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it wouldn't be the first time we recorded without shit to talk about, but... (laughs) We always somehow manage to come up with shit. They keep going. Like, somehow these episodes keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anywho, what has been news with your good self? Ah, oh, look, you know, not too much actually. So there's been not an awful lot of TV watching, movie watching, anything like that. I did watch actually. I did watch one movie since we last talked, which was called Bad Samaritan, and it's an interesting film. It's basically these two guys and their valet drivers for a restaurant. And they do the typical sort of, you know, early 20s thing where they, one of them takes a car, punches in home on the GPS, goes home, robs it, comes back. They split the spoils and, you know, they're two sort of deadbeat guys. The The main actor is the guy who was in Misfits, and I've totally gone blank on his name. He was in Misfits, and he was he's now in the Umbrella Academy. Yes, but the good one. Yes. The good one, Klaus. Uh, he's fantastic. I've always, he's always amazing. liked him. He's yes. just, he's a character. So he's the main guy. Anyway, they... This happens. The, he It's his turn to, to rob the place. He takes his amazing-looking car from this 
amazingly arsehole kind of guy who is played by David Tennant. Also, the casting is on point. Yep. And goes back, finds this rich house, starts robbing it, finds this brand new black label credit card that hasn't been activated, activates it from from the house, hunts around, finds a locked room, opens the door, finds a computer, starts looking on the computer and then realises that there is a woman tied up and chained in the room with him. Oops. And then it's, yeah, it becomes his story of like, what does he do? <laughs> you know, he's got to try and, and protect this woman and, but the, uh, the serial killer type David Tennant character is, is very smart. And he plays such a good bad guy. He does. He does. I mean, I loved. I never watched season two, but I loved Jessica Jones the first yep. season. Um, he was. He just made it for me. I mean, I, I love the. Oh, I forget her name as well, but the girl who played Jessica Jones, and she was yep. in um, the bitch from Apartment Twenty Three. That show. Yes. Um, but yeah, David Tennant is really, really good acting. Not the best film in the world, but it was a film and I watched it. Um, and, you know, I didn't ask for my time back, so that's something. But apart from that, I haven't really watched an awful lot. So I have been delving into the painting side of things. Uh, there was a challenge put forth for people to paint every day in August. And I thought, I'm already trying to do that. So that seems like a, an easy thing for me <laughs> to try. No brainer, yeah. Yeah. So I've been working my way. I finished off, before that, I finished off The Last Vampire for my Underworlds crew. I was very happy with them. She was the one, last one was the one with all the hair. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't paint hair. I'm really shit at hair. Frustrates me. But apart from that, I was really happy with all of them. So I moved on and I started doing my contrast over silver on my skeletons. The skeleton crew, what are they called? Underlords, overlords? Bone Reapers? Bone Reapers. That's it. I was close. Uh, There's six in that crew. And so far I've been plugging away at them, doing a bit of painting every day. And I've got five of them done. And the big guy is kind of half finished already. And I really only started him last night. I started, I did a stream last night where I was painting. I was just like, ah, you know, just do a little bit. Got to 11.30, I thought, okay, time to log off. And then a couple of people logged on and started talking. I was like, fuck, all right, I'll keep going. One o'clock was when I got off. So, oh, uh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, no. no. With, with young children. Uh, yeah, that was fun. This no. morning was fun. But, no. yeah, so he's kind of half done. So that's something. Uh, apart from that, I did also undercoat the ogres and the four snotlings and all the balls and tokens and stuff like that for my blood ball team, which is my little painted pink uh, pledge. So they got undercoated today. And with all the painting with the five skeleton guys I've done, I am now up to 97. So getting close, getting close. So close. I'm pretty sure. Look, 
you know, once this last skeleton guy's done, I think it'll be the ogres that I hit next. So one of the ogres might be the one to push me over a hundred. It's going to be a snotling. Hey, look, as I was saying that, I was thinking in my head, if I could be quicker to do the snotlings, wouldn't I? <laughs> um, but yeah, look, they'll be next. But that's about it. I mean, it's just been a bit of slow progress on nose. I don't know how long it's been since we last recorded. It has been two weeks, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Thereabouts, yeah. Thereabouts. Uh, Purchases, haven't really done anything, but when I was at a certain store on last weekend, I did order some Ogre Blood Bowl dice to go with my ogre team. So they will be on the way at some point when GW feels like shipping stuff out uh, during this awesome lockdown period. Kevin, isn't there warehouse or something in Sydney and everything's kind of shut down or some shit that I hear? Yeah, there is that. So, I mean, I'm not in a hurry for them. So, like, when I ordered them, I said, just, like, whenever I'm not fast, it's going to be a while before I use this team, but I just kind of want to have the dice for them as well because dice and me. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm mildly nervous. I'm nurturing a very similar addiction though for the Ooh. last, well, for the last couple of days, right. Um, I've come home or, you know, Charlie's come home. So this is my three-year-old. So I'm dealing with a toddler in the hobby space, which is, mildly terrifying but she literally comes in and she goes can i play with your dices daddy and (laughs) we'll sit down i've got literally a box of just loose dice and she just goes and we'll sit there for half an hour at a time and just roll dice and count the pot spots and and i'm like oh god it's gonna turn into a brat this is dangerous (laughs) another one Yeah, my kids have a bit of fun with it. My my daughter especially, she she created this game the other day, which was pretty much a maths game, which is, I mean, for a five-year-old, she's got a real obsession with maths, which is... There are worse good. things. Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, it, it, it's very good. She's very smart. She's very curious and asks a lot of questions about things, um, which I love. But this little game that she created was like, you know, you roll a dice twice and you write the numbers down and you've got to do this and do that. And I'm like, yeah, you want some dice? You can have some dice. Yeah. I feel like there are worse things that we could start nurturing. So, you know, yes. we'll go with it. She's also got a heroin addiction. But apart from that, like, it's all good. Oh, but who doesn't in this day and age? Like, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> But that's me. So what about yourself, mate? Um, oh, look, bits and shits. I feel like we got a little bit kicked in the dick with life over the last couple of weeks. So it's been a little bit light on. So yes. there's been um, a bit of time just not doing much. So there's really not. I haven't even finished the uh, the Masters of the Universe series. I need to go back and do that. They do. You know. When you're ready. Yeah. that That's, that's on the cards. Um, but retail therapy is the correct way to deal with any issue. Um, So I went, I may have gone a little bit silly in partially in the guise of supporting my friendly local gaming store, you know, support local and all that in these hard times. Um, So I was having a chat to a a good friend of ours, Jared, 
about all kinds of things. Um, and he was talking about Marvel Crisis Protocol. Mm-hmm. And being the enabler that I am. <laughs> let's push I, a good game. If it's well, a good game, let's push it to <laughs> everyone. Look, I was I was helping too, though, because I said, look, well, I've, I've got the starter and some extra stuff, and there is probably models in that starter that I'm actually never going to use. Let's, let's call a spade a shovel. Um, so if they're ones that you're interested in, I'm happy to, you know, do some kind of deal there. And then we can talk about what else you need to flesh that out. And we can just do a combined order and all that kind of stuff. And so that conversation kept happening. Um, and the, the other half of that, so Jared backed the original Marvel United Kickstarter. And this is the Kickstarter game that you harassed me into backing the X-Men yes. one. Yep. And I nearly backed the first one. I never did, but Jared backed it. So that was cool. And so we we're chatting about this and he's like, man, there's a lot of fucking little chibi Marvel models here. I really want to play Crisis Protocol. And I've played this a couple of times and it's cool, but I really want to play Crisis Protocol. I said, whoa. There's a lot of really pretty little chibi models there that I really wanted and didn't buy because I have a, a wealth of self restraint. <laughs> and you wanted On occasion. Some, you wanted some things that I own but didn't want, and it turns out now that you own things that you don't want but I do. Um, let's let's discuss how we can facilitate this exchange. So. What this ended up as is a big-ass order for Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff, mainly for Jared, um, as well as some of the shit. So he grabbed off me um, Doc Ock because he's looking at the Spider-Verse kind of stuff. And then he grabbed, And then he grabbed the just the Avengers, so um, Cap, Iron Man, Thor, um, from the starter box. Oh, no. You, you keep Widow? I kept Widow. Um, I also kept Peter Parker. He wasn't happy about that. A-Force. But anyway, yeah. Because um, I'd already painted Peter Parker, so I can't let him go now. Um, <laughs> so I kept those, but I offloaded the others. Um, and then we put in a big-ass order. So he also grabbed a whole bunch of stuff. Between us, we grabbed Ant-Man and Wasp because I wanted Wasp and he wanted Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Um he grabbed Doctor Strange and Wong. He grabbed Daredevil and Bullseye and something else. Oh, and the Hawkeye and Black Widow. So we had the full Avengers piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so that order came in as well as my Broken Toad. I ordered one of the – because I, I ordered some of the um, synthetic, the Fugazi series a while ago, and they were all right. So yeah. I, ordered, I ordered one of the um, Sable – brushes as well so that came in um so we'll give that a try shortly and after playing with contrast paints on blood bowl models for the last little bit i may have ordered like a dozen contrast paints just to play with yeah (laughs) it was really hard to cut down the list to like I went, all right, let's let's look at all the colours that we might mind. Add, 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 add. All right, shit, that's too many. I need to stop stop spending so much. How can I cut these out? As I said, we got it down to to about a dozen. Um, so that's a good start. Um but that means when I came home from Throw the Dice the other day, I had 
all the contrast paints, the new Broken Toad brush, Wasp, and the entire Marvel United Kickstarter <laughs> box Lovely. of shit, which I actually cracked open today and just went, oh my fucking God, there is so many little models in this. There is so many little, because it was the the core game, the Kickstarter bonus shit that you always get through Kino Kumini or not stuff. So a bigger box of that. And then the Black Panther expansion and the Infinity Gauntlet expansion. So there was like four boxes of models and shit that came with that. So I feel a little bit okay with my retail side of things. <laughs> I feel like I've I've done all the right things. The only problem I have now is now I've got this damn mix of fucking dropper bottles and pots with contrast and a few other bits and shits. I kind of need to rejig my paint storage solution. And now I almost need to go to something similar to what you've got where it's the um the you know the the pot kind of because yours are the back to basics ones. They certainly are, yeah. And so they're I've very got pretty. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them, and uh, probably in desperate need of another one. Yeah, and because you know, previously all my paints kind of were uh, dropper bottles, and they were all kind of stacked on the back wall of my painting desk. I now and I kind of need to use the the sides and other things of my painting space. And a couple of those like 90 degree curves and things would go really nicely. So I feel like that is not far away from my future. <laughs> I'm just, now I'm distracted. I'm on the Kickstarter to see what the exclusives were and all the bonus stuff. And fuck man, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> Venom, Venom's so cute. Yeah, and, there's um, Carnage. Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Carnage, yep, I can see Carnage. Uh, Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Punisher. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. It's cool. Uh, Quicksilver. Yeah. So I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with this whole situation. Um, and then actual painting, not when I did things. I, I was thinking about this after last episode because my painting efforts have been very scattered recently. I'm kind of doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and they're not really focused. They're not really massively productive. I'm just kind of dicking around with stuff. And I feel like that probably has a lot to do with the the lockdowns that we keep getting. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that I paint, it's really, really easy to stay motivated to paint for shit when you've got games for things coming up. Um, And that kind of gets me motivated. It's probably why I haven't touched the Necromunda pieces. Yep. Same sort of thing. Yep, totally agree. Like, if we were playing a lot of Blood Bowl, I'd be playing a game of Blood Bowl and then coming home and go, right, I need to get these guys finished. But I've played, like, two games and then we've been in two lots of lockdowns. And it's just like, ugh. All right, well, they'll sit there and I'll play another game and I'll get excited and I'll do some more eventually. But I feel like that probably actually has more to do with it than I gave credit for. Um, yep. If we were doing more stuff, then I'd be excited just to paint things because otherwise it's hard to stay motivated to actually finish off projects when there's not a point for them. And I still really haven't got the discipline to paint for the sake. Like, I'll come in and I'll paint but get projects done for the sake of getting them done. I'm not real good at. I kind of need a push. 
and I haven't got the push, so shit's not getting finished. So I'm just fucking around. Um, but I did start Elf number three from the Underworld okay. Warband. Excellent. Um, in again, completely different style to the other two. So we'll see how they go together at the end of it. So but, they'll go together in the fact that they're in, all in totally different styles. Yeah. That, That's that how they go together. Totally works. We'll go with it. I'll take it. It's meh. Um, look, I'm just trying things and seeing, seeing what I like, but it's probably silly doing them all on the same warband, but also fuck it. Um, started him i literally did some of the robes the cape started doing some of the the weapons and shit and then went man i'm gonna do something else now um but i also in the same conversation where i was negotiating exchanges with jared talked about going into throw the dice on a wednesday they've got infinity night Mm-hmm. And actually actually giving that a go. So we're talking about that. And that got me a little bit excited about the, the prospect of playing a game. So I dropped the elf and I went, right, well, I'm going to paint some more infinity stuff. So I pulled some stuff out of a box. Um, I've been having some airbrush fun recently. I know we talked about me buying <laughs> things and replacing bits and shits. So this basically went down the road of me trying to hook up one airbrush, realizing that it was missing one of the little rubber O-rings. So trying to replace that, failing to replace that, going, well, fuck that. I'll get the other airbrush. So I got the other airbrush, realized that the needle was bent. So I replaced the needle in it. So that was fine um, because I had a spare one of those. And then as I was doing that, I lost, there's a little kind of screw chuck that holds the needle in place. So when you pull the trigger back, the needle comes back. Mm-hmm. I dropped that. It hit my foot and it went somewhere in my garage. And if anyone has seen the inside of my garage, <laughs> it is now lost to the fates of time. I, it's gone. So, I swore for a bit and then I went, oh, I wonder if the chuck from my first airbrush will fit on my second airbrush. And it kind of sort of did a little bit maybe-ish. So I gave that a red hot go. Um, so in between all this, I was sort of grabbing paint I needed and everything. So I did all that and then shook the paint I wanted to put in the cup, not realizing that the lid I'd already taken off. So I wore a lot of that. <laughs> Ruined a perfectly good T-shirt. <laughs> what colour was it? Uh, it was Not white the T-shirt. Pa- the... It was white paint. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, no. You could at least have done, like, fluorescent pink. Yeah, no. Like, no, no There's it was, it was nothing fun there. Um, but out of all that, I did manage to jerry-rig uh, an airbrush to work long enough to get a primer and a couple of base coats on some Infinity stuff. So we'll call that a win in the end of it. It involved so much swearing um, and I can't make the the chuck from the first airbrush fit on the second one again. So I'm not exactly sure how I did it, but anywho, we did that. And since then I have almost finished the first one of those models. So I, I primed like five or so, five or six. Uh, I've, I've got to do a couple of details, but I've pretty much done the, the first one of those, which is the biggest, meanest looking one. So I'll take that. Excellent. Anyhow. Speaking of Marvel. Yes. Mike, 
Um, and I, I'm sure we're both going to talk about this on length when we talk about games. But should we have a quick chat about Throw the Dice? Because let's. I, when I, Richards reopened Throw the Dice and I went last Friday. And then I liked it so much, I went again on the Saturday. So, but when I went in on Saturday, I did bump into Mark from Malifaux. And he was playing Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. So it was it was very, very cool to see some Marvel actually getting played by somebody else. Because, I, I mean, legitimately, I've only seen it played by us. Yeah. There is a, a, a little kind of sleeper group around the traps that kind of bash out. He's in it. There's a couple of others. Um, I think there's a, a few people sort of keen on pick. It's one of those ones, apparently, I was talking to Rich when I picked up the order, and he's like, so many people are asking about the game, but he doesn't kind of have a regular scene yet Mm -hmm. um but equally you know he's saying that you know people are asking other events at the tournaments are there some some kind of slow grow league is there how could we get involved so i think it is one of those ones that has got some traction and people are pretty pretty keen on we we have to hit it again that's for sure and i think after i do up magneto and toad who've been sitting here on my desk for a while staring at me i'm gonna need some more i need some more um, um, yeah, I did consider how many Marvel Crisis Protocol crews I could make from Chibis. <laughs> Probably answer, all of them. The answer is many. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, just wait, wait. You know, X Men will be on its way to us shortly, and then we can make even more. Yeah. So there's um, lots yeah. of options, but yeah, no, super keen for some more of that. But yeah, uh, but throw the dice. Thoughts? Oh my! So I hadn't been. I know a couple of people had been in when he was setting up, and a few people had sort of gone in for the first week, and I hadn't managed to. And he'd managed to keep it pretty quiet. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't really leaked a lot of pictures. There were a couple of photos of, or you know, videos of him in. But all you got was the back wall behind him. Yep. You didn't actually get anything. So I had no idea what I was walking into, except that he said it was bigger. And oh my god. Like uh, the first store was cool. I loved the first little store, but you got six people in there and you were cuddly. Like it was, it was a cozy little space to game in. It was the the cool, but it was, it was very cozy. We had 12 people gaming and with fucking room between tables and all kinds of like spare gaming areas and all kinds of stuff. So, just having the space available that, you know, it's comfortable to walk around. You can shop separately to where you game. You can paint separately to where you're shopping. You can do all that kind of stuff. You know, he can run a, a you know, eight, ten player tournament just in the store and still have people book in, you know, private gaming rooms. It's so nice. Feels like Rich has pulled off like the, the ultimate, male fantasy where he said that something is bigger and it actually is. <laughs> so it's like I said, I mean, I was there Friday and Saturday and I just, oh, I had so much fun. It was just, 
it was throw the dice. It was Richard's store, but it was different. It was big. It had space. There were people playing all over the place. Yeah. And, um, like it's my favorite place already. Yeah. The thing I'm really loving about it is what Rich was really good at was about growing that community and that real sense of community of the each of the times you went into the store, you felt like everyone was a friend and, you know, everyone got along and we were heckling and chatting and all kinds of stuff. And that was cool. But when you can only have a few people in the store at any given time, you kind of already knew everyone in there and you were all playing the same game. tend to be day. the same sort of people in there when I wasn't there for games you know when i popped in to buy something it was the same sort of people yeah. that i'd usually look, say he's he's gonna still have those people there let's oh be yeah honest. look yeah that's great it, it's cool but the thing i think that this really opens it up to is some cross-pollination because he's done that with so many different communities like little gaming groups or different games he's built up and they've got this exactly same really super friendly super inclusive super sort of welcoming communities but we hadn't seen each other because we played on different nights because we couldn't mm-hmm. all fit now we can all fit um, so I feel like that, that cross pollination that just can making connections, making sort of, you know, getting involved in new games or, um, just, just being able to, to grow the community and connect the community a little bit more is firstly what he's really good at, but be what the, the new store really lets him do. And yeah, that, that'll do it in spades because, you know, you would go to throw the dice and you would go. For a, a Malifaux game or an Infinity Knight or whatever the case would be, that's what you went for. You know, we went numerous times for Warcry, for example. Mm-hmm. But that would fill the store. Yep. And now we can go play Warcry, for example, at Throw the Dice and then see four or five other games going on at the same time, which will be completely different and go, oh, that's that game. That's how does this play? That looks really interesting. Yeah. Oh, you're and that person. Said, you're that person. I had that kind of chat with on the local Facebook group, and oh, that yeah, it's that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and between that, between the fact that he's got um, the guys from Target Acquired sort of rotating their terrain in and out of the store to give the the tables a little bit of a, a shush as well. So he's got a couple of really sweet tables from them, and they're basically going to come in and just rotate the terrain on their tables. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a really good mix of sort of, you know, it's, firstly, he's making sure that all of the gaming areas look good. They feel good. Like it's not just, you know, a couple of cardboard boxes and stuff, but you know, all the tables have got mats on them. Um, it's, you know, they're all really nice terrain. And the thing, this is, this is going to sound maybe a little bit harsh, but, the thing I feel like he has going for him is I've been into so many gaming stores where the clientele don't respect the space. And it's really hard for the person who owns and runs that space to keep it fresh, clean, welcoming, friendly. And I feel like that's, that's a massive difference that it like he has so much respect in the community and people want to treat his 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 space and his store with the the respect it deserves so it's nice and i know he's yep. only just opened it but everyone's pretty dedicated on keeping it this really nice space um so 
yeah, I, I'm levels of excited. And I think it is one of those places that you can just make the regular place that you go and hang out and play games and it's dickhead free. And this is just, a, you know, like you're saying about the respect, it's just the the store is a physical representation of the sort of person that Rich is and the dedication that he has and hopefully that, that we all can shower back on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, it's, it's, it's a great place. And now that he's got the space, like. He has a coffee machine. So many, yeah. Look, I saw so many people there. Like we went in, Jack and I played there on Friday night and, you know, bumped into Mark and Jack bumped into one of his D&D players that he plays D&D with. Uh, there on Saturday, Mark was there again. Dave that was there from Target Acquired and um, Shane ended up coming in from Hobby Homies. So, like, just... It's it's going to be the place to meet up, place yep. to play games, place to have a bit of fun, and God, <sighs> I wish him all the best. Yeah, and look, the thing with Geelong, Geelong's been a weird gaming place for way too long. In that, it it seemed to have all these different siloed pockets of gaming groups. Mm-hmm. Like you had you had a group over here that played this game on this night and you had a group over here that only played with their friends in their basement. And like there was a lot of that going on. And these people didn't speak. They weren't connected. They didn't know the others existed in a lot of instances. And what this has really given us is an opportunity as a community for that little melting pot where everybody actually gets involved with each other um, and it kind of actually joins all of those little tiny groups together um, and they've got the opportunity to expand. So I'm, yeah, it just pumped um, for it to become that regular gaming play. Like we need to talk about a liquor license. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I might not leave. Yeah, no, it's dangerous. But what was amazing is I walked in there, I was talking to Rich the other day and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. You've done this and this is great. And he's like, yeah, but here's how I want to make it even better. And he's already sort of got like the standard that he is holding his, himself in the store to is so high. Um, yeah, it, it it's only going to go from strength to strength. So Amazing place. If you are at all in the area, check it out. And if you aren't, just check out the website and and buy some shit from there. That's it. Well, shall we take a break? Um, Yes. Especially because I've just noticed I'm like, there's this little tiny pocket of silver here on this model that needs (laughs) black on it. And it's really frustrating me by sitting here talking and staring at it. Um, Shall we take a break? Let's do that. Play some music and we will come back and talk games. Done.
and we're back. Hurrah! Um, so we have some black filled in. I thought I noticed another bit of silver on there, but I no, it's just the light. Uh, we've had a bit of a break, and I regret to inform you that I found out some news on my on my break. Uh, like a couple yeah. of minutes. I know, I know, but yeah, this is how how I keep up to date. Um, it was somebody's birthday on the second of August, and I missed it, and it was a very momentous occasion. It was somebody very famous and well respected's hundredth birthday, and I'd just like to say from us here at TCG, happy one hundred years, Mister Hans Molman. Thank you for all that you've done for us, especially being hit in the groin by a football. <laughs> oh, that is the best. <laughs> I just came across this article. It's like, oh, Hans, Hans Moorman is 100 because, you know, there's, there's a scene where you see his license in The Simpsons and there's his birthday, 2nd of August, 1921. <laughs> Anywho, Cowabunga. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk games. So I've had, like I said, I was at Throw the Dice on Friday and Saturday, and I played two games which were essentially the same game. So we've talked, I think we've talked, I'm not 100% sure if we've mentioned it much at all, but uh, we're currently in a Blood Bowl 7s league. And no, I haven't heard about it. What's no, going on? No. no. So I got I haven't in. heard about it. No one else has heard about it, surely. <laughs> all right. Well, I better tell you all about it then. Uh, we are playing in the Sevens League. We Strap have... in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a wild ride, and I got my game two and my game three in. Back-to-back -back games, back-to-back -back days, and back-to-back fucking amazing games that were just full of fun and laughter and everything that Blood Bowl is supposed to be. So uh, on Friday, I played Jack. Uh, so my halflings versus his vampires. Now, his vampires defeated Dylan's Blackhawks in round one, so mm -hmm. I was expecting decent things from him. Uh, but then again, it's also Jack, and Jack... Jack is one of those guys that just wants a fun game over everything else. Win, lose, draw, doesn't matter. It has to be fun, uh, which is what I love about him. So it was very much that. It was a fun, fun game full of hilarity and things that shouldn't have happened happened and Blood Bowl went the way Blood Bowl does. So he ended up kicking to me in the first half and I responded with an absolutely perfectly thrown halfling in turn two who then just trotted into the end zone to score. So my turn two, he's had one go and I'm winning one nil and I'm halflings. So this is, <laughs> this is not the way things are supposed to go. He, Turns right back around in about his turn four or five, he scored back. So one all um, before half time. The the game itself was just just awesome. 
so his vampires decided to bloody well feast on their own guys like something shocking, <laughs> which was just both hilarious and fun. And and like he he did it really well. Like he was lining them up and getting making sure that he had players there to be eaten if the need arised. Um, arised, aroused, arose, arose, arisen, arisen. Now I've got sepulchre in my head. Anyway, um, he was doing that very well. We had. Go on. No, I was just going to say, if you really, really want to place it, piss off metal fans, call them Sepultra. Sepultra. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, that's what they've been called after Max left, isn't it? Anyway, uh, we had, for halflings, for a halfling game, we had two attempted fouls throughout the game. So he tried first because in his game one, his random skill that he rolled for a vampire was sneaky git, <laughs> which means that he gets bonuses for fouling, which is not something you really want to do with a vampire, but he not- gave it a go. You got to lean into these things sometimes. That's it. You know, you got to, got to roll with the punches, do what, uh, what the dice give you, and yeah, what the dice gave him for his foul was a snake eyes. Double one. Oh. Fouling vampire with sneaky git gets sent off on his first attempt at fouling. No. So I responded in kind later on in the game by trying to foul one of his vampires, and in pure Blood Bowl style, I rolled a double one, and I got sent off as well. So we had two foul attempts. Both ended in a double one and the player getting sent off. Um, anyway, yeah, it was just it was just a second half was pretty much a clusterfuck, which was great. Uh, his turn 11, he got a throw with the ball near the end zone. Um, I blitzed with a halfling, two dice uphill. Push the throw off the field. The ball got thrown down the other end and it was totally out of my reach. Near the end zone, I needed to score in, but it was out of my reach. And that's where the game finished. One all draw. Much fun, much hilarity. We had for skills, I got a halfling. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to random halfling. Let's go. Let's get a skill. My halfling got frenzy. Which is, <laughs> oh, it's funnier than sneaky git on a vampire. I swear to God. So, is... yeah. Um, and then I, I feel like again we need to lean into this and then just keep piling skills on him until he gets drafted. Well, that's my plan. That's Cause... totally my plan. And as we will see in game three, uh, but the other effect from game two was that my treeman, who had rolled break tackle for his first skill in game one, uh, an equally not fantastic random skill, because, I mean, not not on a movement two character. (laughs) They're not going to be moving away very often. Uh, He got drafted. (laughs) So after game two, I lost my treeman. But thankfully... I had picked up just enough money in game two so that I could buy him back. Okay. 
It's not all bad, guys. We're not still- all bad. We're all good. So game three, and I played Alice's Nurgle team. She decided to kick to me, which seems to be a theme. I don't know why, but that's fine. And my Treeman decided to root himself turn one. Look, we've all been there. This was, I mean, this was not the, the replacement Treeman. So that's something. So it was, it's my actual Treeman that has done stuff. I uh, decided, nah, I'm just going to stay here for a while. Not today, Satan. Yeah. Exactly. So I uh, mucked around with, I had, I had the other Treeman to, to play around with for a bit. Uh, but that Treeman was pretty much on my line of scrimmage, not doing much. So next turn or so, my Treeman decides to blitz the Beast of Nurgle. So being strength six, I can uh, I can pretty much roll double dice against anything barring, you know, people's supports. Um, so yeah, blitz with a Treeman. He didn't take root. Awesome. Good news. Roll my two dice. Double skull. Oh, fuck off. I mean, now the the armor on a treeman is eleven plus, so safe. not even a problem. Pretty safe. Not not an issue. Not an issue. His armor broke, and <sighs> I'm okay. You know, this is fine. This is fine because you're rolling for armor. You've got to get an eleven or a twelve on two dice. Mm-hmm. Not overly common. But then Law of Averages says if you roll really well on the first roll, you're going to roll really bad on the second roll. Um, is that what the Law of Averages says? That's what I think it should say. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not what happened. Um, that Treeman, the brand new replacement Treeman, got injured and out for the rest of the game. <laughs> Which, you know, I looked at it and I'm like, this game is going the way that Halfling games should go. That's good. All right, let's go. So... Alice's, um, it was her game three. She had come off games against uh, Bradley and Dylan, I I believe. Yep. Which uh, I'm trying to remember. She she lost against Bradley, and it was either a loss or a draw to Dylan. I think it was a draw. Yep. And so she was actually sitting at the bottom of the ladder. So I'm thinking, okay, good, you know. The halflings are doing exactly what they should be doing. So I'm still guiding her through, you know, best advice and stuff like this. What we had at that stage was my Treeman still at the line of scrimmage. Diagonally behind him was a halfling catcher. Mm -hmm. Right next to him was another halfling catcher with the ball. Mm -hmm. No, no, the the one, sorry, the one with the ball was standing next to the Treeman. The other one was standing to to his right. Mm-hmm. She had a Pestigore who I had knocked down diagonally behind that halfling. And I said, okay, well, here's your, your best move here is to blitz with the, the Pestigore, jump him up, hit that halfling, and then you're standing directly next to the halfling with the ball. Yep. Totally the right choice, right? That sounds, sounds all reasonable. Yes. So that's what she did on my advice. Pestigore jumps up, rolls two dice, double skull. Oh, fuck off. Straight through the armor. 
And I'm like, okay. And kind of dreading the next roll. And <laughs> the next roll for the injury came up double six. Oh, get off. Dead Pestigor. <laughs> now, luckily, she she has enough money to buy another one. Uh, but she, the look on her face as she's staring at me going, you know, I can just see it in her eyes. It was like, you told me to do this. Yeah. This is you. Uh, I kept on saying, but it was the right call. <laughs> it was the right thing to do. Oh, dear. Anyway, after that, I decided to pick up the halfling and try and throw him down the pitch because that's what I did in game two, and it worked so perfectly. Makes sense. Yeah, it did not go. Um, the half ended up nil all. I kicked to the rodder, kicked to Nurgle, sorry, and the rodder got the ball in the second half. Uh, towards then, I decide to, you know, this, this rodder is sitting there with the ball two squares away from the sideline. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got nothing else to do. Um, I, I was down a couple of halfling by then. Uh, I forgot to mention in, in game two, there were more halflings left on the pitch at the end of the game than there were vampires. Not so much the case in this game. But I, I blitzed with a halfling on the throw. Two dice, uphill, no problems. Got a push result. Then realized... It's the frenzy halfling. It's the frenzy halfling. <laughs> so I had to go for it. Which I made and hit him again. Two dice uphill. Push result. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh dear. And yeah, she again. It was it was just hilarity. Um, (laughs) She got the ball back. The rodder, uh, rodder that she got the ball back with, scored one nil to her. I think this was uh, her turn eleven or twelve. Yeah. I think it must have been 12. So turn 12, all I got to do is pick up the ball, hand it off to a halfling who's standing behind a treeman, throw the halfling, land, dodge from whoever's standing in my way and score. No problems, right? Safe as houses. Safe as houses. Move a halfling over to the ball, roll to pick up the ball, roll to one, end of game. Yeah, so. no, I, that, <laughs> that's that pretty I much finished it. See, see how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Alice uh, ended up winning one nil, which was great. Uh, that took her all the way from eighth to currently third on the ladder. So uh, that's how close the, the season's going so far. Uh, but yes, I did continue to choose the same halfling, and he rolled defensive. So what the shit is that? Yeah, I honestly can't tell you. I think it's like the anti-armbar. Oh, I don't care for that. I wanted him to get Dauntless or some shit. (laughs) No, it's much more funny if he hasn't got Dauntless. I mean, true. But But yeah, anyway. Fun. (laughs) God. Diving tackle. I don't know. Um. But yeah, we have, so, so far, three games in, two draws, one loss. I think we're sitting about fifth or sixth on the ladder, which is fine. And uh, overall, I'm just having a fucking ball with these halflings. They're just so much fun. 
But that's me. That's my games. That's the two games I got in that weekend. And then we got hit by uh, lockdown. So that'll be probably, at least for the next week, that'll be the, the games that I've had. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah, a bit of that. So I haven't got around to organizing my next game, but I'm desperate to do so. But it's going to be a week away at least. Um, so we'll see what that happens. I think I've got Bradley's Underworlds next. So yes. we'll see how that plays out. Who are currently um, undefeated and top of the ladder. And we don't really expect that to change. Mm, uh, not with Snotlings, no. No. But you can have a bit of fun with it. Oh, look, we'll try and kill someone important. Yeah, um, go for the gutter runner. Yeah, we'll do, do something fun like that. Um, no, so as, as I sort of mentioned earlier in the episode, I was talking to to Jared and I've been – I've been trying to get into Infinity Night at Throw the Dice for a while and it just kind of hasn't lined up. Um, but went, fuck it, new store. I've got to get in. I've got to buy a bunch of stuff. I've got to pick up a bunch of stuff I bought. I've got to do a swapsies with Jared. Let's just bite the bullet and go in. And Jared was like, yeah, I've played a couple of games. I vaguely know how it works. We'll be able to, to fumble our way through. Safe as houses. So that was last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, this Wednesday just gone. Um, and we decided, yeah, we, we'd bust out. So first time I had tried playing Infinity. Um, we So regular games of Infinity or a full game of Infinity is like 300 points. So we basically halved that and went 150 points. Good, good starting point. Um, there's a couple of kind of advanced rules and stuff you can get into where you start talking to to fire teams and like they're little models that are linked and they can all do shit when you order them. And fuck that. We're just going to skip those rules and let's not bring any giant big stompy robots with more confusing rules. So so none of the um, tactical armored gear. So just 150 dudes, 150 points of dudes. We'll put them on the table. We're just playing for table quarters. So it was literally at the end of each round. Um, count up who has the most points in a, a quarter and that, you know, whoever holds the most quarters wins that round. Um, and we, we just did that over the course of the game. So I won't do a full kind of blow by blow because it will make no sense to anyone, me last <laughs> of all. Um, but the, the, basically what I did out of this is I picked up the, uh, the starter box, uh, for the, the faction I've got. So I'm, I'm running nomads um, and the nomads, the, the whole fluff behind them. <laughs> Sorry. Now I've got another sepulcher. It's something stuck in my head. You're welcome. I do okay. what I can. Um, so, but the deal or kind of the um, fluff with the nomads is they're the kind of these anti-establishment kind of stick it to the manny kind of group, but they, they basically have these three massive spaceships that just kick around and that's instead of having a planet or anything, there's just these kind of three spaceships. So they've got these sub factions within um, the the overall thing, and basically one from each each of these giant spaceships. So the the sub faction I ran, and I basically did this to go, all right, what are some cool models, and what is the way I can limit how much I need to buy? Let's find a sub faction within a faction and just <laughs> stick to that. Um, so the Tunguska ship with all the sub-faction is what I was running. And their starter box literally comes through with um, three little Securitate, which are basically just plebs, dudes with guns, a heckler, which is some other dude with a gun. Um, 
Hollow Man. So the Hollow Man are, are really cool, and I've got to add some more of them that I need to put together. They're super cool. The whole premise is they are robots where the whole the whole shtick with the the ship is it's basically run by mafia it's kind of the financial ship like the, it's the the finance ship but it's all run by crime lords and mafia bosses and stuff so the hollow men are basically these robots kicking around where they've used the 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 AI is basically run by or the the awareness is somebody that they've ripped the brain out of and plugged into a computer. And they start, they started doing it with like legitimately, you know, with, with people that had, you know, had horrific accidents and stuff, but they kind of went, Ooh, these hollow men, they're kind of good. They, they kind of do good things. So let's just start kidnapping people and (laughs) (laughs) as you do plug, plugging them into the machine. They think they're playing a game, but actually they're, they're, mind is walking around in this this robot body just doing what they're told so the hollow men is super cool one of them and the the chrysler boyak which is my big giant stompy leader guy with a giant ass machine gun which is the guy i've been painting at the moment so he's been kind of fun so six guys six dudes three little plebs three other dudes i didn't know what any of them do they all had guns so that was 150 points. 150 points. So you okay, can cool. you can you double that for a full game, but then you'd also get into things like um, you know, whether you want to throw a giant ass stompy robot, which take up a chunk of change, or um, other stuff. Like there are so many rules that we ignored. Let's be let's be really clear <laughs> about this. Um, Jared was running Caledonians, which are basically like sci-fi Highlander dudes. They're all wearing kilts and waving swords, Ooh. but they also have guns, um, literally led by a guy called William Wallace. Um, so it's it's like Highlander 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's pretty much where we're at. Um, <laughs> the again, best one of the trilogy. Wait, I mean, no. ooh, <laughs> wait. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Are we calling it a trilogy? <laughs> I thought there was only one film, to be quite honest. They should have been. that. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know what he had. Let's be honest. There was a bunch of dudes. He had more dudes than me. Um, but they all had sticks and shit. Um, no, as I said, William Wallace, some other dudes with guy. He had some guy with a missile launcher. That was a pain in my ass. But let's let's just get into the, the, the actual kind of idea of, of the game. So... We played two games at 150 points. It still took a, a decent amount of time while we fumbled our ass through. Um, and what we learned after the first game when we had Val, who's one of the kind of super experienced guys, come by the table after he'd kind of he's played his game. He came over and kind of checked out what we were doing and then corrected all of the things that we had got wrong and Excellent. then proceeded there. He basically proceeded to sit there and play both sides for us, which was <laughs> this is kind so, of what we need. So useful. Oh, it was the, the most. Do you need it from Val though? It was good. What was super funny was <laughs> I could see his brain ticking over where he's like, oh my God, you could do X, Y, and Z, and this is how you do this. And this is how you, 
And he's like, oh, but no, I'm helping you learn how to play the game. I'm not playing it for you. And I don't want to give you too much tactical advice because I don't want to disadvantage it. I'm like, no, no, just, just tell him. Like if there's things he can do, just, just tell him. I don't care. <laughs> but let's just go into kind of core mechanics of the game. Cause I think that infinity does a few things fundamentally different to, to some other games, which was actually really, really cool. So first, first off, basically every dude that you have on the table generates what's called an order. So you count how many dudes you've got. You've got that many orders. Your leader gets a special bonus one. Cool story. But so it works in player turn. So I activate all my models in my turn and then you activate all your turn, your player, your models in your turn. Um, but the way you do it is you basically allocate an order to a model and then you resolve that order and then you allocate another order to a model. It can be the same model or it could be a different model. So if mm-hmm. you've got 10 dudes on the table, you could activate one guy 10 times or you could activate 10 guys once or any mix of that. Okay. So it's a real resource kind of, and and what you end up having to do is sort of go, these are the things that I need to achieve in this turn. And this is the best chance I have of allocating my resources to achieve that, which was super cool. And then equally you get halfway through that, realize that half of your plans aren't working. And then you have to kind of reallocate your, your resources to do that. But it also means you can, if you've got a giant stompy dude or you really want to murder something or whatnot, you can just push some guy super aggressively in and do some murdering, but then you've overextended models and your opponent Mm. gets a chance to react as well. So that whole concept that you can basically manage the resource of how you activate all your models, it might mean that one guy for a couple of turns does nothing because you're just using him to generate an order to give to someone else was, was super cool. Um, secondly, the way you resolve those orders, I really, really liked in that each order you give to a dude, you activate him and it basically lets him do two things. He could move and shoot. He can do other stuff, but he can move and move all that kind of shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But the way you do it keeps your opponent really engaged. The, the biggest issue I've got with those games where it's, I activate all my stuff in my turn and then you do your stuff is I do all my things. You can go take a piss, go to the bar, do whatever, then come back and do your thing. Right. What infinity does. And, and most games to avoid that, like they go to a, I activate a model, you activate a model mm-hmm. and, and they kind of shorten that distance. Infinity does it differently. It keeps the, the game turn. So I have all my turn and then you have all your turn, but it has this concept called the automatic automated reactive order or ARO basically. Mm-hmm. And what it means is at any point when I activate a model, if one of your guys can see it, they can automatically, free of charge, react. So if I walk into uh, a, a bit of the table and one of your guys can see me, they can shoot me at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it basically means that... Just one or like... Anyone what? who can see him. So there was a point there where... Um, 
Jared moved a model into a, a, pace, a space in the table and I had like two or three guys that could see him and they all took a pot shot at him. So basically everyone's on Overwatch. Yes, okay. all the time. Um, you don't, you don't have to shoot. So the other thing, um, you know, you could, you could dodge for example, or you could, you can do a bunch of things as part of that, um, reaction. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that it was, it was, it took a bit to get my head around and this was the bit that kind of broke my brain. Right. But the way you, you resolve that order is you can do two actions and I say, I declare the first action and it might be, I'm going to move from I'm going to move into out of cover. At that point, your opponent then declares what their reaction is. And then, then you declare your second move or your second action. So you haven't moved the model at this point in time. You haven't done anything. You've basically just said, I'm going to move this model to here. Okay. Your opponent says, right, well, in that case, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z as their reaction. And then you say, right, well, the second thing I'm going to do is whatever. So you then resolve all of those things simultaneously. So I don't have to move all of my move and then shoot. As an example, if I said I'm going to move and then I'm shoot, I can shoot at any point during that movement. They happen simultaneously. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm doing these two things. So it kind of means that I can say, I'm going to move. You say, right, well, I'm going to react to that by shooting you. And I said, great. Well, my first second action, I'm going to shoot. But I shoot first and then move or that kind of thing as well. So there's this real bluffing game where I sort of go, here's part of the puzzle. What are you going to do with it? And here's the bit that I wasn't going to tell you about later on and then you can resolve them in any order so it that was super confusing until someone literally broke it down and val was like it's like almost like programming where you sort of go right well i'm going to do this thing and then i'm going to do this thing and then i hit play and it does those things so that's almost the concept of it i get you all right and I can see how that would be not only the like but where all the tactics come in, or mind games as well. Mm. So there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of, you know, he was sort of going, oh, you would say you're going to move, and then you're going to do this. So even if all you want to do is shoot a guy, say you're going to move, even if you move an inch, or even if you move like half a centimeter. It doesn't matter how far you're going to move. I'm going to move to here. They then have to say, well, I'm going to react in this way. And it might mean that it frees you up to the, for the thing that you want to do actually as yep. part of that. So mm-hmm. firstly, the concept of the, the orders and the, the allocating your resources. Secondly, that idea of the automatic reaction. So everyone's always a part of the game. Um, the, the orders generating two actions and resolving them super different to everything else. And then the last part, so the whole thing works on a D20 system. Okay. That's cool. Um, and it kind of works golf rules. So you, if you have a high stat for something, you want to roll under it. Mm-hmm. So the high stats are still good. If you know, a shoot of 19 is great, you want to roll under it. Um, or equal or just under? Uh, you don't ask me questions. I okay. don't know. All right. Yeah. I can't remember uh, now. Um, disappear back into the void. <laughs> no. Um, I think it's equal to or under. Um, and then basically a lot of the extra rules that models have got will be 
you know, ad, ad, they'll adjust that stat. So, you know, if you're shooting at a guy, you might have a shoot of 12, but I've got a rule that means that gives you a neg three to that. And then I'm in cover, which gives you a neg three and it changes the role that you've then got to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the basic comment. Golf, golf rules, low, low scores are good, except this whole concept of the, the reaction order comes in as part of it, right? So what could happen here is I could say, I'm going to move here and shoot you. And you're going to go, right, well, as part of my reaction, I'm going to shoot back. Mm-hmm. So what happens then is we can shoot at the same time and it ends up being a dice off. So we roll our dice at the same time. Yeah. You're trying to hit me based on whatever things that you need to roll based on your shoot and all my modifiers, and I'm doing the same. Chances are you, you only really ever get one shot as your, your reaction. Mm-hmm. I might have three shots because I've got a cool gun and I'm the acting model. So I'm rolling more dice. Um, you're rolling one back. But the way this plays out is... So I might be looking for different stats. So I'll be looking for different stats to you because it'll be different modifiers. So I want to roll under whatever stat I'm getting, but higher than your dice. Oh God. Because okay. the, the higher dice cancels out everything under it. So as long as you meet the stats, so you roll under the target number you're looking for, the highest dice out of yours and mine cancel the other ones out. So only one person succeeds. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, you could, be, you could be rolling your three dice yeah. against their one. And if they get a higher roll, yeah. your three are negated. Yeah. So I'm rolling, I roll a one, two and a three and you roll a seven. I don't hit you at all. And you hit me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's, I mean, the odds are still in my favor because I'm rolling more dice and you start doing that kind of thing. But, you get these moments where all of a sudden you just you jump out to hose a guy and he just goes bang and headshots you and just cancels out all your shots, isn't touched at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other half of that is I, I roll armor. But most guys have only got like one wound as well. So if okay. you actually wound somebody, they go unconscious, they stay on the board, but chances are they're going to be gone pretty quickly. Um. So models died really quickly. But what I what I really liked about that whole concept of the mechanic is it kept both players really engaged mm-hmm. all of the time. Um, it also meant that we needed to be really, really aware of cover because everybody was able to shoot everywhere all of the time. So those kind of firing lanes and mm-hmm. cross lanes were super important. And there were there was times there where basically the puzzle is, is how do I get from point A to point B without having every, every man and his dog shoot the piss out of me? Um, yeah. So now I understand why Infinity Tables have got so many bits of terrain on them. Like they're so full because that makes so much of a difference. Um, and there was some other cool shit like, um, Jared had a couple of models that had camouflage. So Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't deploy them. You deploy a little token and that token could be anything. You don't know. Okay. Um, so you only find out when you decide either the model reveals itself because it wants to shoot you in the face. Um, or you have models that actually use part of their orders to try and discover who that is. So that's one of the things that you can do. You can try and discover what this, but that kind of 
you know, you might fail. It could waste an order completely. It could be some little pleb dickhead with a camo marker that you just don't actually care about. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's all these different things that, that you kind of have to play. So long story short is we played through a couple of games where we just captured table quarters. I, I captured more table quarters than Laco, but we were so just engrossed in learning the, the mechanic, that core concept of I allocate my orders or, you know, I give an order to a guy, I declare my action, you declare your reaction, I declare my second action, we resolve all that, the fucking D20s, trying to work out all the negs and, and modifiers and everything, and then who cancels out what and how we resolve all that. It's it's not as hard and as complex as I just made it sound, but it is the point of difference, I think, for the game. The yeah. concept that every model is always in the game, um, and it also so it turns out that facings count in this one. Okay, so models do have a facing, so you can sneak up behind them. Um, Which so, yeah it makes a difference if they're yeah not able to react. This is this is it. So all of a sudden, the way they're looking down firing lanes and all that kind of stuff matters. Um, and there was a whole lot of stuff that I didn't know about. Like Jared was throwing smoke grenades fucking everywhere to create. You know, block line of sight so he could do mm-hmm. stuff and, and you yeah, know that kind of fun as well um long story short super fun like it was it was super cool i think the game just the core mechanics of it were really cool it's a really it, it's a real point of difference and i think what it does is make a really interesting way to play a game where everyone has a gun because fundamentally, like most of the time with a lot of those games where everyone has a gun, it comes down to target priority mm-hmm. and just how many bullets can you put into the most important thing on there. And this really brought it back to movement. And I think when when movement is a key factor of the game, you get a really sort of technical, tactical game. It's not just I need to point all my guns at that guy first. Yeah. Um. So that was super cool. The fact that both players were engaged during both player turns, super cool. Um, the concept of these head-to-head roles was actually really cool. Like, I, I like this idea of these these firefights and somebody coming out on top. That was that was kind of groovy. And I like the resource allocation. They're not the first game to do it. They're not the only game to do that kind of thing. But that idea of you generate your order pool and then you as the turn goes on, you go, right, well, I'm activating this model. I'll give him an order and I'll do some stuff with him. And I can, you know, it's a guessing game what your opponent's going to do because you're trying to go, right, well, how are they going to use their orders over the over the course as well to do their mm-hmm. thing? But fuck me, there are a lot of fucking rules. Like, it's <laughs> so goddamn. And look, the, the thing that they've done really, really well is kind of – streamlined the rules so there are very if two models have a similar effect or the same effect it's called the same thing there's a kind of a standard set of rules that a model can have and you know um so mimetism is one of those that if you're shooting at them you get a negative and you might have mimetism one, that's a neg one you might have mimetism three that's a neg three it's pretty pretty straightforward 
in that regards. Oh, the other thing I actually really liked is the, the different weapons. Sure, everyone has a gun. We get that. But the ranges matter. So basically all of them have got, and it works in like eight-inch increments. So uh, a sniper rifle, really, might you might have, if you're shooting at someone zero to eight inches away, it's at a neg three to your shoot. Mm-hmm. because okay. it's not yep. the optimal range. And then if you're shooting 8 to 16, it's a flat roll. And then if you're shooting 16 to, to 24 inches away, you get plus 3 to your roll. So the, all of the weapons have optimal ranges. So it's really finding horses for courses and, and problem fixing in that regard. So that was that was actually another cool thing. Um, like he had guys that you can kind of go on Overwatch and it basically means instead of getting one shot, you get a shit ton of shots. Yep. back at somebody, but it changes the profile of your gun. It means that it's better at short range. So the you, the second you see that, you're like, right, well, I need to shoot him from back here, not near up close. Yep. So yeah, there's this, this kind of real play out. And I think fundamentally I had a lot of fun. I really like skirmish games. I really liked a lot of the rules. I am nervous about my ability to pick the game up with any level of confidence if I'm playing it casually is is the probably the concern just because there is so much and we skipped a bunch of rules and we didn't have models that can do stuff so one of the other things that confuses everyone apparently um, is this concept of hacking so you have models that are hackable because they're robots or they're anything and you have hackers that can take control of your hackable robots. And that's a whole other mechanic okay. in the game. Good Lord. Yeah. It's fucking heavy. Um, as it, the models are fucking gorgeous. The tables look amazing. The mechanics, the core mechanics are unique enough to make it a really distinct game. You know, you're playing infinity and not anything else. But I really felt after just a couple of really quick intro games with someone hand-holding me all the way through that I need to go all or nothing to really play the game. Yep. So one of those. I mean, the base idea, like everything that you said sounds really cool and really intriguing. Yep. The thing that does it for me, though, is just I just don't get anything out of the models. <laughs> yeah, but that's and look, that's me. that's hard, um, and it's kind of that thing that either you like the aesthetic or I don't, you don't. They have a very particular style. Um, also, all the models are metal at the moment. They are looking at going to plastic, metal. but right now they're metal, and fuck, that makes me angry. Um, they're very good quality metal. Let's be let's just be really clear about that. But assembling metal models makes me angry. Um, <laughs> and glues fingers. Fucking like four or five times. Fuck. Anyway. Um, the good news for me, I think, out of all of this, right, is that Infinity or Corvus Valley, who make Infinity, brought out a rule set they call Infinity Code 1. And it is effectively Infinity Light. For beginners, it takes out some of the complex rules. It reduces the model selection. It um, 
you know, they even divide the, the, the points by 10. So instead of playing a 300 point game, you'd be playing a 30 point game, that kind of deal. Um, <laughs> okay. It is still counting the, is hard. It's really tricky. Um, but it keeps the same core mechanics, but it takes out a lot of the bullshit at streamlines, a lot yeah. of the, the really complex pieces. And I feel like that is where my infinity journey will go to for a bit. So I've mm-hmm. reprioritized what I'm going to paint and when I'm going to paint it, when I get around to that. And I feel like what I'll do is I'll repaint stuff that I can use for code one. I'll give that a couple of goes. I'll, I'll dive into that to sort of get the basics. It's firstly, look, they do it as an intro to, to full infinity. So you can kind of pick up code one. It's the one that you could kind of learn with a mate by yourself without someone really doing the, the hard work for you. Mm-hmm. And then you could dive into to full infinity, but equally it's a standalone system that you can just stay and play. Um, and I feel like for the amount of games I'm going to play because I'm playing so many fucking other things, um, and look, I have the same problem with Malifaux and I played a lot of Malifaux for a very long time, but it is really hard to keep up with a rule set that is that deep um, and a model range that is that expansive. So I feel like it's a, a similar comparison and I know how much time, effort and brain power I needed to give to Malifaux to actually play that at any kind of competent level. And I don't have that time or capacity. So I feel like code one is going to be my jam for a bit. I, I'm going to reshuffle what I'm painting to, to play some code one. I said it was super cool. And if you are looking for a deep tactical skirmish sci-fi game, I, I don't know where you would get anything that compares Um from what I know that's out in the market, there's there's a fair amount of sci-fi games that are out on the market. Um, One or two. I, I feel like this is heads and shoulders deeper than a lot of them, um, but you also need to want to play that kind of game. Makes sense. I'm pumped to throw some paint on more models. They paint up so quickly. And Code 1, if it's slightly smaller games, slightly smaller table, slightly easier rules, something I can pick up a little bit more casually and play once every month or something, cool as fuck. I'm on board. Excellent. Because this is something, I mean, you've been talking about Infinity for some time. I bought a lot of shit. You bought a lot of shit. (laughs) Like boxes. (laughs) <laughs> um, so really happy that you got to play it. Like I said, I mean, it's, the models haven't got me yet. Um, and in saying that, I don't know if they ever will. The game itself sounds interesting and intriguing, but I, 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 so many of my games and so many of my factions that I choose are way too much the rule of cool, yep. whatever looks best to me. Chaos looks good. Uh, Giant pink teddies look good. And I just haven't found any Infinity models that do that. No, it's... Yeah, and I feel like they've done... Look, they've done a really good job of making a a, a kind of an aesthetic that is their own. Like, you Mm recognise Infinity models, even between the different factions that have a very different aesthetic um even sort of the more alien ones and things like that they're they're still you can tell that they're infinity models um 
I did so, see some of the alien ones at, at Throw the Dice because I was looking and they they were the ones that stood out more to me than any of us. But I feel like you have to kind of dig that almost anime style mm-hmm. aesthetic for it, it to be in vaguely interesting as well. Um, I was super keen to paint something just a little bit different to all the stuff I had done previously. The models are top notch quality wise, and I I don't I kind of dig the aesthetic. And after painting a couple, I'm kind, they're fun to paint, so I'm kind of like right, I'm on board. They look super cool when they're done. They give you some. I feel like they're a really good balance between good quality models with a lot of detail, but they paint up really easy because they are good quality. Like the detail is, and I'll compare this to say night models where mm-hmm. the detail was there but it was really shallow or really fine or really hard to paint mm-hmm. these guys i found strike... that a bit with the, the crisis protocol ones too yes yeah. um these guys strike a really good balance it's not the games workshop style really kind of chunkier exaggerated kind of stylistic piece but it's not that really shallow, hard to get detail as well that you get in some kind of less mature game. So I feel like, you know, they, they've nailed that. And it means that things like contrast paints work really, really well because the, the detail is there deep enough for the paint to get into, um, you know, that kind of stuff as well. So mm-hmm. I think as an alternative, you're looking for something different, but you kind of have to dig the aesthetic. Getcha. Yep. Makes sense, sir. That is the game. I don't know that I really explained who did what, but I don't think that matters. No. no. You you played, you enjoyed it, you got more quarters. Yeah. Fun quarters. as had. <laughs> it was as it, super fun and just, you know, I mean, it, the good thing, again, about playing it through the dice, I know we're banging on about this, right, but it almost doesn't matter what the game is. You could be playing fucking Connect 4. It's such a good group. Ooh, Connect 4. You know, Hungry Hungry Hippos at Throw the Dice would be fun as shit. All right, I'm in. Done. We just, we just need two other people. Who wants to be a hippo with us? <laughs> we should totally do that one day. I'm on board. <laughs> let's review All it. Right, let's, let's do it. Let's do the Milton Bradley day. Um, yes. Season two, episode 11. We're talking hungry, hungry hippos. Um, cool. Shall we move on? Let's. You got anything else you want nah. to say about? No. Nah. Nah. Cool. Uh. So, what's on? We want to talk a little bit more about... Us. Pink bits. And painting it pink. And paint it pink. And ironically, you sent me pictures. Or you sent me a you know, a message today saying, have you seen the new merch? And now I have seen the new merch. You're welcome. And it all says paint it pink, and I'm very proud. Um, our pink painting competition will go until the end of, what did we say, September? September. Plenty of time to get involved. We already have a number of people who have posted their uh, pledges on our Facebook event page. So if you're keen, if you're interested, if you're even taking part in some other strange podcasts, paint every day in august competition this is a great time to to paint something pink uh so had a couple of entries like i said alice uh, is pretty much been first off the rank with 
Celestine, Celestine, Saint Celestine. Yes, yeah. And look, firstly, for someone to go, I'm going to go out and buy a model specifically for this, and a model that um, ambitious, because she's a decent model. It's pretty. It's very pretty. Uh, but yeah, no, see, so she's going for that. Uh, Richard from Throw the Dice is jumping on board uh, because Richard just needs to be part of the community for everything. He's, he's that kind of guy, uh, which I love. Uh, and he's doing some sort of cauldron thing, which I have no idea. Little what that goblin, is. yeah, dudes yeah. and stuff. It, <laughs> something that looks like it would be awesome with pink in it. Uh, Shane from Hobby Homies has uh, dedicated, pledged, dedicated, (laughs) some sort of sacrifice. Uh, Shane has pledged Cassandra from Infinity. So do you know the Cassandra model? No, I know know the model because he posted the picture, but that's that's all I know. No, that's so more Infinity coming there, which is good. Uh, Clinton is... uh, Probably probably my favorite model so far. He's doing a death metal jester. So death jester from the Harlequins with a guitar instead of a gun, which is just... I've seen one of these before gold. and it was the coolest thing ever. I'm so glad yep. that someone's doing this. Yeah. 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 Uh, and lastly, Bradley has uh, pledged a noise marine, which I am very happy about because... I mean, one of these days I should buy that model. But is it, is it the sort of limited edition or the one-off? Yeah, model the, the new, yeah. newest one, the the retro style one. Yeah, so, <gasps> very keen, super keen to see what he does with that too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So plenty of time to get on board. Please do. We want to make this as fun as possible. Like we said last episode, if you if you didn't hear last episode, go back and have a listen to it. Um, we need the listens. No, no, just I mean, go back and have a listen. Accurate. And, uh, and basically, we just want you to paint something and paint some small, large, some part of that bottle pink. Get on board. There will be prizes. There will be much hilarity. And there will be an episode after dedicated. we finish totally dedicated to you. And, and everybody your, else. And and everybody there. But mainly you. Because nobody else matters. Nothing else matters. The sepulchre version. No. Um really on a sepulchre <laughs> bend today, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they've never covered never nothing else matters, but you could prove me wrong and put that as the music. We will wait and see. Um Apart from that, I think that'll pretty much do us. That's it. I think, you know, we've, we've talked a lot. We've talked, talked for an hour a lot. Yeah. Um, thank you for your comments and feedback. Uh, we have had some feedback that the volume for the podcast has been reasonably low, so people have had to turn up their volume or, or listen with headphones. Uh, Jake has promised me that he's fixed that. In the future, when I fix it, <laughs> I, will, I will look into. No that. pressure, uh, Jace. Will, Jace has promised me that he will think about looking into that. I am going to make someone's eardrums bleed. 
<laughs> Probably mine. Um, give us a follow on Facebook, Spotify, Podbeam, or Twitch. I have done three sessions in the last three days on Twitch, actually, just painting up these skeleton guys because reasons. I had time. I thought I'd jump in, have a chat with people and, and paint some models, which is great. Uh, leave us a review, leave us comments. Uh, we, like I said, we have merch. We now have pink merch. Uh, but again, thank you to our current sponsors, Alice, James, Sarah, Maya and George. Much, much, much appreciated. But uh, until next time, it's goodbye from me. Farewell from me. Laters. Catch ya. Casual gaming. Casual gaming. Casual gaming. Casual gaming. Casual gaming.